This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and I'm here in New York City, and I'm on the phone today with my mom, who's in California, and she is my co-host, Dr. Gloria Horsley. Hi, Mom. Hi, Heidi. Uh, we've got somebody who graduated from uh, Columbia today, right? You always love that. I do, because I went to Columbia, and I now teach there. So, uh, yes, our guest today uh, is a Columbia graduate, and well, we're going to be talking to her today about sibling loss and twin loss. And what was interesting is she wrote a big musical and she did it when she started doing it when she was in her dorm room at Barnard, which is right across the street from Columbia. It's the female campus of Columbia. I guess that's how I say it. But uh, so that's exciting. That's exciting to think of an undergraduate wrapping their arms around, you know, the idea of twin loss and grief and loss and putting it to music. And, you know, Heidi, it's really interesting. It's so um, rewarding to know that our shows and things go out to people who aren't bereaved, who want more information about bereavement. I know uh, there have been some actual movies. People have told us that they uh, listen to our show to get the idea of what bereavement is about. And we have such amazing forthcoming people come on these shows. Uh, I'm just always amazed by the kind of loss people have and how they're willing to talk about it to help other people and also to see the amazing recovery that people have. I agree with you, Mom. And how, like you said, how honest people are about their journey and, and you know, the peaks and valleys, because we do have peaks and valleys when we're, we're trying to find hope again. It's not just a smooth ride. And, you know, the, the reason, the number one reason we started doing radio and now television is because we want the world to know that there is hope after loss and that people do go on and the idea that you never get over it. And, you know, you don't get over it, but you transcend it. It becomes part of your life and you're happy and hopeful again, right? I, Absolutely. You don't get over the person, but you you certainly get over the pain, the intensity of the pain. And that's a good thing because we don't want to live in that intensity forever. So let's hear about this exciting new musical, and we're going to hear some music from it uh, that Christine Rosenblatt has written. Great. Okay, as you said, Mom, our guest today is Christine Rosenblatt. Christine is the producer and composer of the musical Missing Gemini. This intimate story with a nautical flair illustrates how grief affects family dynamics through a tale of twin bereavement. She is a graduate of Columbia University and is the marketing coordinator for Manhattan Concert Productions. Welcome to the show, Christine. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. So uh, talk to us about how you decided to write a play about twin bereavement. Sure. So what happened, I was, you know, kind of searching for ideas of what to write a musical about. My very first stab at a full-length work, and I was searching for a topic. And something that's always been really important to me is you know, the bond and love between siblings. Personally, I have an older brother who I'm very close with. He was only the grade above me in school growing up. So we were always together and always around each other. And, you know, that type of bond isn't something that I frequently 
see explored on television, in music, in theater. And because of that, and also since it's something that's very important to me, I wanted to write a work that would showcase that. I love I love that you're saying this, Christine, because I do a lot. I speak all over the country about sibling loss. And, you know, you like you said, the sibling relationship is so important. I mean, they're they travel through life with us, our siblings and your brother and you are traveling through this world together. And siblings, most siblings spend 80 to 100 percent of their lifetimes on Earth together. Wow. It is such a significant bond. You know, we we try on different roles with our siblings. I mean, they mean so much to us. And so to have a sibling die is just, it, it rocks our world. It turns our world upside down. And I love that, that you took this on. Even though you hadn't had the experience, you recognized how important the sibling bond is. Yes. And it was interesting. When I first started writing, I, you know, the, the ideas and kind of what was coming out of the pen on paper was the antithesis of what it ended up being, actually. It started off as, really campy and, you know, pirate ship, that sort of thing. And it just wasn't feeling right. It wasn't feeling like the right way to really show the the power and the strength of these bonds between siblings. And so one day, you know, I thought, what if we went the other route? What if we showed what it's like when you don't have that person there instead? And from that point on, it, it just felt like that was the right way to go about doing this and showing this. And even though that wasn't something that I personally experienced, you know, I thought that that was the story that would portray that love and power and bond between siblings mm-hmm. at its best. And and had, did you um, interview any bereaved siblings or did you read anything about bereaved siblings to kind of wrap your arms more around that experience? Sure. Um, so actually, uh, going back to Columbia University yet again, I was fortunate enough to see a talk and a panel with Mary Morgan uh, discussing mm-hmm. her book, uh, When Grief Calls, pardon me, When Grief Calls Forth the Healing. And in that talk, she discussed her own experiences and some of her own research. And she also opened up the floor to the participants that had come to listen, and a lot of those folks were, you know, individuals who were dealing with loss, the brother of someone who was dealing with loss, the parent of someone who was, and being in that room was a really special and informative experience, and Mary Morgan especially is just such a kind person and spoke about everything so articulately and with such care. Yeah, she's she's an amazing person, and, and Mary Rockefeller Morgan, some of you may know, has been on our show several times and on our radio show several times, and she was part of the Rock. She is part of the Rockefeller family. And if you go to the Met, there is an entire room dedicated to the, the her brother's artifacts, and he was he was he went missing, in I think it was New Guinea. New Guinea, yeah. Yes, and uh, it's pretty amazing to see all that, all the things that he brought back and hear his story. So please log on to opentohope.com if you want to hear more from her. Um, so I wanted to ask you, um, we were talking about some of your music, and and you can uh, hear a lot of it online. It's really beautiful. In fact, um, almost your whole play is online, isn't it? Yes, uh, we have a website, and on there is a video from the very first workshop at Columbia University, 
as well as the soundtrack on SoundCloud and a video from our most recent production this past summer at the Strawberry Theater Festival in Manhattan. And you can also listen to the soundtrack from that on SoundCloud, too. Uh, did you win some awards? Yes. Um, so we were fortunate enough to be nominated for several awards within the festival, and we took home, among other things, best uh, play or musical for the festival, which I was really very proud of my team for. Wow, this is amazing, Christine. I would love to see this. And it sounds like, you know, it could even come to Broadway. Right? I, I would like that, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an award-winning musical, and I I would love to see it go to, go into that place, and uh, and would and would love to watch it. Well, we want to uh, play have you play one of the songs. Can you tell us about it? We talked about the dad solo. Sure. So the story of Missing Jim and I it centers around this family: a mother and a father a girl named Erin, who is the one who lost her twin brother and her younger sister, Megan. And so the father has a solo, at which point he really realizes that he's been bottling up his own grief too much and, you know, kind of going around with blinders to the grief that his family is experiencing as well. And this song is this realization that you know, he can't just hide from everything. It's been too long, it's been too much, and he needs to open himself up to, you know, his own feelings and what his family is feeling in order to help himself heal and help heal the relationship he has with his family. All right. So why do, and it's called Tom's Song? Yes. Okay, so why don't we have a listen to Tom's Song? Have I been seeing what I want to see? The image of a man I think is right. I think they're right. Somehow that would solve them. Yes, they're right. Of course they're right. I have bottled all the questions up. Like, was I wrong to take them out to see? Did I move fast enough? And if I save my son, where would we be? Absolutely. And um, it is true that sometimes men, we do a lot of shows about men, they do sometimes bottle up their grief and and hide it. Absolutely. Now, how did you get the feeling for what the dad would feel? So I, in trying to find the most truthful and most honest story that I could, because I knew if I was going to go down this road with this story, that 
it had to be as as honest as possible. I, you know, I was at that talk with Mary Morgan, and I looked online as well to find videos, find written testimony from folks, and read on what their own experiences were. And the Down song, of course, for a multitude of reasons, you know, that's the role that's kind of most far removed from who I am. You know, when I first started thinking about this, I was a college-aged female student, and it was the hardest song for me to write by far. But mm-hmm. the one that I have found has also resonated with audiences the most. Mm-hmm. What pieces that have resonated most? So the dad solo definitely has. And there's another more lighthearted song in the show as well. But um, the other song to the... Uh, Erin, who's the girl who lost her twin brother, her music too, because, you know, her her focus in the show is on her brother and just on her loss and her grief and her pain. And so, you know, the audience really responds to watching her experience throughout the show. She's kind of our protagonist in the play. Mm-hmm. What do your mom and dad think about this? Uh, so I have a very wonderful, proud parent. And... Uh, you know, they were kind of watching me as I was going through writing the whole thing, and they were great soundboards, too, for saying, hey, you know, I wrote this song. You know, what, what do you think? How do you feel? Be- especially because, you know, when you're writing, you know, you put yourself in a very vulnerable place for criticism, and especially trying to tackle all of this, you know, very deep material you know, you really want to make sure that you get it right. And it, it was a little bit scary at first to start playing it for folks. Um, but luckily, you know, having my mom and dad at the first year was really so, helpful and, and comforting. So, Christine, is there anything that you learned about sibling loss that surprised you? I think what surprised me the most was the, um, the statistics and stories about twins specifically. Um, that there were that there are a lot more twins than I thought uh, there were in the world, mm-hmm. and you know just some of the testimony about the twin experience, and one of the things that stood out to me, you know, as also a really powerful visual, um, was that you know when twins are in the womb together, that you know they almost reach out to each other, and. I thought that that was so beautiful and so poignant and, you know, even when there's nothing, no verbal communication yet, and it's the very beginning of of their lives, that they already have this deep bond and affection for each other that only grows exponentially over time. It is pretty amazing, and, and you know... I read something on the Internet that said that there was a twin in a hospital that was dying. And and they it was an infant. And, you know, they felt like there was just no hope that this twin was going to die. And it was in an incubator. And what they did, just a nurse came in and put the, the other twin next to the twin in the incubator. And the twin in the incubator that was dying started to not only live but thrive and ended up becoming healthy again because wow. it had the twin next to it. So, like you said, there's such a bond that happens before twins are even born. And I've heard twins say, you know, when I came into this world with my sibling, with my twin, my identity is as a twin. 
And when my twin died, I felt like I should step into the coffin with them. We should be dying together. So like you said, it's such a strong bond to have the twin, the twinship. Yeah. And, you know, that, that identity struggle, what you just mentioned, is what we focus on in the story as well. Um, in the story, again, Erin, who's, you know, the, the girl who's dealing with this twin loss, she, she lost her twin when she was only eight years old. And so, you know, kind of watching her go through this period of, you know, adolescence and teenage years where your identity is already confused without this kind of loss and pain and adding on top of that, this struggle for her identity and the struggle about her twinship and what does it mean now, you know, all these years later after the loss and her trying to figure this out for herself. It's, yeah, it's almost like, who am I without my twin? Exactly. That's, that's powerful. Uh, so how do people find your um, the play? Because like my mom said, I know it's online. Um, where do they go to find it, and where do they go to view it and view your music? Sure. So the website is www.missing, and then a hyphen, Gemini, G-E-M-I-N-I.com. And when you go onto the website, that'll take you to the home page. And in the upper right-hand corner, there are a few tabs you can click on. And the one for production history will take you to a page with videos and photos and music. And you can check out everything from our past productions there. Oh, I love that. Okay, awesome. so, I do, too. So, so please visit um, the website. And like, like my mom, like we can, you can view Missing Gemini. Um, is there any is there any advice you would give bereaved twins out there that are struggling right now? I think the thing that I've most learned and seen from what I've read and experienced with this work and you know through the people I've encountered is just don't be afraid to share your story. That's great advice. Don't you think, I love Mom? that, and I, I love that you have been willing to take on this topic because, as I said, it, it's very difficult for people, and, and I think it's important for uh, creative people like you to deal with these kind of topics and uh, let the world know um, that they exist and, and, and some of the problems and some of the things connected with them. So congratulations. Absolutely. I agree with my mom, and I also, given that I my only brother died, when he was 17 in a car accident, I love hearing how close you and your brother are and that you fully appreciate and recognize how important a sibling is in your life. I mean, it's such a beautiful thing because oftentimes we don't realize the importance of siblings until they're gone, but you already get it. So I, I love this. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Christine. It was, you were absolutely amazing. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. And thanks for uh, listening to the show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com. 
along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.